Welcome to the Mortcast. Before we get started, I'd like to talk to you about Blanchard Family Wines, located between 18th and 19th and Blake and Wazee, in beautiful lower downtown Denver, Colorado, just a couple blocks away from Coors Field, right in the middle of the dairy block. Um, Colorado is heading real remarkably downhill with this uh, COVID thing, uh, unless you're on the western slope, and that's a different story. But in Denver, uh, we've done a good job getting vaccinated, and therefore... We're being rewarded with less restrictions and more activity, all right? And this is going to be just, it's going to be a great time to get out, explore, um, see Denver, um, and go down to Blanchard Family Wines. Like, you got a couple of weeks and the All-Star Game will be here. Um, just a lot of different opportunities for you to see um, what's available out here in Denver and ability for you to kind of uh, get to explore things that you haven't for a couple of years, including going to Blanchard Family Wines, go to the dairy block, see, um, I, I, think, I, think, I think what we have seen this last week is people are just willing to get out there and just do things. I think venues are filling up. Um, um, people are just saying like, oh, okay, I'm ready. All right. Go to Blanchard Family Wines. Get yourself some of the 2017 Cabernet, and you'll be fine. You'll have fun. Uh, take a friend with you. Even if you don't want the Cabernet, they got Pinot, they've got Syrah, Malbec, um, Barbera. They've got some uh, whites. They've got some blends. They've got some, uh, you know, Rieslings. Just partnerships with Western Slope um, wineries uh, called Restoration Storm Cellars. Uh, and uh, Coltaris. It's just they got great opportunities for you to go down and have some great wine during this time when we're all kind of just getting out there. So that's, uh, I would highly suggest you go down to Blanchard Family Wines, located between 18th and 19th in Blake and Wazee, between lower downtown Denver, Colorado, just a couple blocks away from Coors Field, right in the middle of the dairy block. Um, they're on Facebook and Instagram under Blanchard Family Wines. You can go to bfwdenver.com, uh, get yourself a bottle. If you're not ready to get out there, uh, you can order that. They'll ship it to you. Or you can get some of the swag they've got on there, which is pretty neat. Go to bfwdenver.com and uh, just check that all out and find where they're located. When you go in or you talk to them, tell them Jeff Morton from CSG Podcast sent you there. What is up, everybody? Thank you all for joining me on the latest Mortcast part of the CSG Network. I'm, of course, your host, Jeff Morton. Okay, I kind of torched my voice last week. Um, I did a podcast with Gordon. I did another podcast. Um, and then I went on a marathon phone conversations with people, and I kind of just torched my voice. So uh, I took a break, took a week-long break away from uh, podcasting. I needed it. Um, I'm sure you all needed that break for me, too. So... Now I'm back, raring to go, and I'm going to talk to you about the Philadelphia 76ers as opposed to the Denver Nuggets. And uh, I kind of want to start with the Sixers, and then the next segment I'll talk about the Denver Nuggets and the, what they've done, and then contrast that and say that maybe that we're ascribing, and I guess the greater point of this thing is that we are ascribing genius in dumb ways. <laughs> and I'll just put you that way. But the Philadelphia 76ers lost in seven games to the Atlanta Hawks. Uh, they were beat, beaten last night as of this recording. Um, and it, it exposed a huge problem with Ben Simmons and the fact that uh, 
Uh, he wasn't scoring and was afraid to shoot and couldn't make free throws, and it rendered him basically useless. Um, that's a big problem. I think Ben Simmons would be greatly used in different scenarios. Say, like, if he was on the Denver Nuggets, I think Jokic would uh, optimize him, and I think he would help Jokic out tremendously by being a defensive perimeter protector who can protect you from having to, you know, constantly face drop coverages with, drop, with you know, lobs over the top of you and all that stuff. Um, he can help. Well, that's different. That's not what we're talking about with this one. If you go back to 2013 when uh, Sam Hinkie came in to uh, be the general manager, um, new, and, and, and anyone who has followed me the last, oh, I don't know, three, four, five, six, seven years knows that, in fact, I've podcasted about it many times, is that I was never uh, someone who bought into the cold process, which was essentially lose for an extended period of years, accumulate draft picks, uh, and basically guarantee yourself game-changing talent um, in order to build a super team through the draft. That's essentially what the, 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 the process was. And what Hinky did that um, people were, like, fawning over themselves and trying to call him a genius, was he would uh, draft players, get them to the second round, uh, get these these cheap contracts, and um, kind of similar to what Oklahoma did, uh, Oklahoma City did with, uh, what's his name, Eustace, I think? He did this non-guaranteed first-round contract, that sort of thing. Agents hated dealing with Hinky on these things. Um, and, and, and part of Hinky's problem was the fact that he was very um, socially awkward and was a very odd thing for a guy who is um, uh, supposed to be a general manager of a team, someone whose complete inability to deal with people um, kind of is like, you need to have, you have that skill. I mean, that's part of the deal. you gotta, you got to do deals and stuff like that. But the, the crux of the process was lose, 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 and get all these this transcendent talent. The problem is that doesn't account for drafts, and it doesn't account for um, what comes up in drafts. Not every draft is created equal. So losing constantly doesn't account for accruing picks that don't work out. For example, Nerlens Noel and Jalil Okafor. Um, at one point, um, on the, uh, the, the, uh, Sixers roster, they had three centers, uh, all lottery picks. Um, and a, obviously the, 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 the golden treat of the whole thing was Jill, was Joel Embiid. Um, and Embiid had a history, long history of injury issues coming out of Kansas. Um, so, You losing on that kind of clip never uh, takes place of great scouting, and what you saw with the the Sixers was just kind of like it doesn't matter as long as you're at the top of the lottery. Um, what that does, however, is it creates a perception as if you are a genius when, in fact, that sort of thing was done by Sam Presti 
on a much better level and in far more fortunate circumstances when he became general manager of the Seattle Supersonics in 2008. Um, those Sonics teams, and the Sonics team from in 2007, 2008, excuse me, he became the GM in 2007 uh, in Seattle, the last year they were in Seattle. Uh, he became GM then, and of course that, that, that Sonics team was wretched. But in 2007, they were able to draft Kevin Durant with the second pick in the draft. Okay, um, Once again, heady, fortunate. Portland ended up drafting uh, Greg Oden, and Kevin Durant went number two. Well, obviously, of the two players, you know. Now, that's not fair to Greg Oden, who, when he actually played, played really well um, for the first year, two years or so, uh, before, obviously, the injuries took over and he fell off the map. Um, he, but, but Presty got Kevin Durant. And then the next year, they weren't quite as bad. They ended up with... Um, Russell Westbrook, um, and then the next year, 2009, they end up with James Harden. But a lot of that had to do with just good scouting. Um, I don't particularly, I mean, now Presti's got about 10 trillion draft picks. That's how you cover your bases, and you can also use those for trades, uh, which was the better way to do it. But the the Sixers... One of their problems was it was just about losing. And I think that's something, the point the NBA was making when they engineered his departure um, about five years ago from the Sixers was, look, oh, your, your objective is just to lose here. Um, there are teams out there who are appropriately scouting. They are do- making do with where the position they're in. And it's not creating this notion that you need to win 12 to 14 games a season in order to, uh, you know, get to a certain place. Brett Brown is probably a very good coach in better situations, but he was charged with shepherding them through this awful, awful period where the team was just, had no, not even replacement talent on their roster. Um, And Hinky's thing was just, let's just lose lose enough to where we get a high lottery pick every time and that is going to be the notion the problem was it wasn't even that wasn't even an analytics notion that was just a ultimate extreme of where the NBA was and the NBA fought back by doing lottery changes and reducing the percentage of you know certain teams at the top uh, who lose the most that part was totally in response to the tankapalooza that happened after people were like, well, they drafted Embiid, maybe we should start doing this uh, in, the, in the league, which was never really something that was sustainable. It became something that, uh, look, they get, they get Embiid, they get Simmons, but it didn't account for something that I'm going to talk about in the next segment. That being... You need to account for personality and culture. And it was very clear, almost from the get-go, that that's something that was never accounted for with the Sixers. 
I'd like to talk to you next about DraftKings Sportsbook, America's top-rated sportsbook app. I've said this over and over. I am not a guy who gambles, but I do have family members and friends who do, and they rave about DraftKings Sportsbook. DraftKings Sportsbook is putting you courtside with a chance to turn $1 into $100 in site credits. That's right. Pick any basketball team that is still in contention, bet $1, and if that team wins, you win $100 in site credits. Don't forget, DraftKings Sportsbook also offers some great odds and promotions on baseball, hockey, and so much more all week long. Uh, like I said, I get my, my co-host of CSG Politics whenever we get back doing that. Uh, Pat, he is a big proponent of DraftKings Sportsbook. He loves it. He takes um, advantage of their deals on things every single week, and he's been using it for a while now. Uh, I highly suggest you follow his lead because he's uh, uh, really, really a big fan. Download the top-rated DraftKings Sportsbook app now. And use promo code MHS to sign up when you turn $1 into $100 in free credits. Bet on the basketball team of your choice to win their next game. And if they do, you will claim $100 in free credits. That's promo code MHS for a limited time. Only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Must be 21 or older. Colorado only. New customers only. Wager paid out and site credits. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-522-4700. Your Denver Nuggets were swept out of the playoffs. And the, it's easy to make excuses, and it's also easy not to make excuses. There's a lot of different circumstances that happen. It happened to be that the Suns uh, are on a roll right now, and they're very, very good and very well coached. They didn't do anything fancy against the Nuggets. All they did was execute what they did well. And some of the best teams do that. The best teams just know what they are, know what they do, and they take advantage of it. Um, And the Nuggets, uh, being as deficient as they were, particularly without Jamal Murray, just couldn't match up. However... It's going to be one of the reasons I kind of had an idea for this podcast was to compare and contrast um, this Denver Nuggets team and the way they did things as opposed to the Hinky-led team um, for a few years and what led to the Sixers. I think one of the reasons you see Sixers fans so vociferous in their defense of the, quote, the process, which is... By the way, this whole process thing is a little bullshit. I mean, it's just, it was nothing different from what any other team did. It was just extreme, right? It's on the losing side. Um, but they, they, one of the reasons they did that, and I know this for a fact, is that, look, if you are someone who is living in Philadelphia and who's a big Sixers fan, um, and you had to live through that many years of losing, and not only losing, but losing at almost a historical level, you're going to get a bunker mentality because it's, it's like, this has to work. This has to be the ultimate um, end point of where this podcast, what, excuse me, podcast, of where this team is going to be. This suffering will all be worth it because we did such and such. Because we lost all that. Yes, we drafted Nerlens Noel and we drafted Julio Okafor, you know, and we drafted Markel Fultz. Uh, we drafted, uh, you know, all these guys. We drafted... Um, uh, Ben Simmons, and we drafted Joel Embiid. But it's all worth it because we got a team that's going to win. On the flip side, you got the Denver Nuggets, who Tim Connolly never had a draft pick higher than number seven. Uh, and made his fair share of mistakes. Um, for every Markel Fultz, there's an Emmanuel Moutier. 
for every, um, you know, for every Jehil Okafor, there is a, uh, um, you know, the 2017 draft for the Nuggets, right? And that... <laughs> There's no, there's, there's not a, the, the 2013 draft for the Nuggets, right? They only end up with two second-round picks. Even the GMs that are most, most consistently the best, they, they end up making mistakes. It happens. But the hope is that wherever you're at, wherever you're cast in, the, in life and with whatever, with, um, in life, like, like it's just philosophical, but when, through your NBA life, you make do with what you got. And you compensate by being, especially in the, if you're in the Nuggets position, never drafting higher than seven, you compensate with that by uh, extremely impressive scouting. And the Nuggets were obviously, that's the way they chose to go. And the reason that there's going to be comparisons between the Sixers and the Nuggets is because of this and the different approaches that, that they took. Denver Nuggets took a completely different approach. The, the least games they won in a year was 30, right? That ain't tanking. That's just mediocrity, right? And the Nuggets never fully tanked. They went 30, then they won 33 games, uh, and then they went 40, and then 40, you know, 46, 54, you know, it kept going up. Um. The reason this is a compare and contrast thing is not necessarily through the culture of scouting versus the culture of losing. It's also the compare and contrast of um, the second round pick, Nikola Jokic, and the, and the uh, third pick in the draft, Joel Embiid. And there, right there, is where it's always going to be. And when you look at Sixers fans and the way they react to Nikola Jokic, I wouldn't doubt that a lot of it is the fact that you have a second-round pick picked in the same draft as Joel Okafor, who won the MVP before Joel Okafor. Not Joel Okafor. Joel Embiid. Oh, my God. You can tell I took a week off. I am so sorry to the people of Philadelphia. (laughs) Joel Embiid, not Joel Okafor. So Embiid goes three in the draft, contrast to the 40 First pick in the draft, Nikola Jokic, who was drafted during a Quesarito commercial, famously. That is where that is. But what that what the extension of Nikola Jokic is was the great scouting done by the Denver Nuggets. And Nuggets fans, I'm just gonna break it to you, sometimes it's luck. Because as I pointed out before, and I did a long podcast about, if if Yusuf Nurkic doesn't partially tear his patella in his, the end of his rookie year and have to have surgery, the history with Nikola Jokic likely looks a lot different. Um, he may still get over, but he doesn't come over right then. The Nuggets were very happy with Yusuf Nurkic at the time. So Nurkic hurting his knee started this chain of events. Not everything is certain in the NBA. It does take a lot of luck, and, I, and, and people just don't like admitting that. You could have the best laid plans, like the Sixers, to tank your way to the top talent, or you could be like the Nuggets, who were just basically just mediocre to bad, 
but never tank and rely on top scouting. Sometimes it takes a twist of fate. Sometimes it takes a Markel Fultz shot breaking for you to end up trading him to Orlando. Sometimes it takes an Emmanuel Moutier uh, busting out in Denver, uh, and I don't mean busting out isn't good, bad, um, and then having to be traded. So you know you get you get um, a situation where he's not that uh, point guard anymore, and you have to adjust, and you have to have Jamal Murray step up as that point guard. You know you draft him the next year. There's a lot of different twists and turns and and ways you can look at this thing, and. We ascribe genius, as I said at the top of this, and this is where I'm coming back to. We ascribe genius to people who don't deserve it. It ain't genius. You just got to be good at your job. And I think we don't, as fans, sometimes we don't appreciate just someone who's, we, we, we know that they, we can't do what they do, you know. So it's like, oh my God, this guy's so great. Even Sam Presti went through years and years of flubbing thing. And Sam Presti has the James Harden trade. Right, that's going to hang over his head for the rest of his career. Every GM, every personnel department has mistakes. We ascribe genius to the wrong people. We they are not geniuses, but you hope that they're good at their job. And when you look at both the Denver Nuggets and this Philadelphia Seventy Sixers losing in the second round, the two situations, even though they both lost in the second round, feel remarkably different. One, the Sixers feels a lot more negative. The Nuggets, who probably played over their heads uh, considering their injuries and got to the second round, probably shouldn't have won the first your first series. You think about that. And then you think about how we ascribed Sam Hinkie as this genius. Where maybe he just was very good at making a team lose, but wasn't good at anything else in, that required of his job. Maybe that's it. <laughs> all right. Thank you all for joining me on the latest Mortcast. Uh, I will be better on the next one. You could tell it was ru- I was rusty. I, I was I was out, like on a thing where I was doing it once every you know day, every day or so, every two days, and I just I'll get better, folks. Okay. Anyway, talk to you later. Adios.